1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on rumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. As you know, we are part of the proud Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel featuring eight podcasts out there, including our podcast, Blitzed Bills, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, the Breaking Buffalo Rumblings Circling the Wagons, The Nick and Nolan Show, and The Mafia Mavens Podcast. We are an awesome wealth of podcasts out there for you to get all of your Buffalo Bills news, covering every single angle, every single day. Please make sure to go out there and subscribe to our podcast, because it's really the best way to surround yourself and equip yourself with all of the latest news from your favorite NFL team out there. Again, my name is John Boccasino here on Believe. We are bringing in a blast from the past uh, for the second straight week, Anthony Marino. Uh, We have the pleasure of having him on our podcast here as we are previewing the Bills' Week 5 game versus the Tennessee Titans. Anthony does great work on the Breaking Buffalo rumblings podcast we so make sure you check that out if you have not already that's informative quick hitters really good talking points and Anthony again we thank you for coming on the podcast today
0: hey John happy to be back with you but I got to be honest if this leads to a trend of every time we get together the bills end up losing I'm gonna stop coming on the podcast altogether so
1: <laughs> yeah I think I think a lot of Bills fans would be right there in the corner of uh you know we hope you, we, we hope you're not the bad luck charm I think I think one week is too small of a sample size even if whatever happens on Sunday in Tennessee and Nashville you know I think two weeks is still too small of a sample size but then we'd start to get a concerned because you know one can be a fluke two could be a trend so the pressure's on this week my friend
0: now happy to be back with you and uh, hopefully you know another good game for the Bills it can lead to a victory for them this Sunday
1: for week four the Bills took their first loss of the year 16 to 10 to those hated New England Patriots at New Era Field everything was shaping up for Buffalo to steal a win where their offense played Totally inept, and the defense played out of their minds. And, you know, we've covered in all the angles why Buffalo lost that game. It's hard to win a game when you're minus six in the turnover differential and you give up a special teams return with the blocked punt for a touchdown that the Patriots enjoyed in their six point win over the Buffalo Bills. But the big takeaway for all of that was Josh Allen and concussion protocol. As far as, you know, as, as the Bills are only going to go as far as Josh Allen goes in the future. Now, maybe. Matt Barkley steps in and provides adequate backup play, but most Bills fans, if not all of them, want a healthy Josh Allen to be out there on the field leading his team into battle. Anthony, what is your take on how the Bills should handle Josh Allen? And if he gets cleared for the protocol, should he be out there starting?
0: Yeah, I think if he gets cleared, John, that he should be playing. I mean, by all indications this week, he has been a limited participant in practice. Uh, Not that I know a ton about the concussion protocol, but it seems like he has at least been in stage four out of five and that meaning that he can participate in non-contact football activities and with that as you know right a quarterback at practice wearing the red jersey it is non-contact for them. So the, the media doesn't get to see all of practice. They usually get to see the beginning. It looks like Josh has been the first one going through taking individual drills. I don't know if that's just because of his you know, enthusiasm and the type of guy that he is or any sort of indication, but by all accounts, I would think that if he is cleared from the protocol, he is going to get the start on Sunday against
1: the Titans. If you're Sean McDermott, it does you no good to come out and be open handed and open and, and honest and say, yeah, you know, Josh is out of the protocol and he's going to be my starter in week five. You want to make Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans do two different game plans one for if Matt Barkley's under center and one for if Josh Allen's under center because they are two very different quarterbacks, both in their style, in their skills, and in their preferences. And if Vrabel's defense, which has been on fire since week one, If they have to prepare for a scrambling mobile quarterback like Josh Allen, it's a much different game plan than your pocket passer and Matt Barkley.
0: Yeah, and it is that contrasting style. I mean, the one thing that I think is a little bit different when it comes to the concussion protocol, it doesn't really give coaches too much um, flexibility, right, of being vague. And Sean McDermott, he was on WGR this morning. You know, all he could say is Josh is still in the concussion protocol, and that's all I can really say about that. So I think it's going to be interesting, uh, again, if any updates come, you know, later in the day on Friday or you know, obviously Saturday morning, what that might look like. The Bills did free up a roster spot with the release of Connor McDermott, which led to some speculation that, you know, maybe that's just in case they need to pull Davis Webb up from the practice squad, but still uh, obviously remains to be seen. But
1: I'll, uh, I'll stay optimistic that Josh Allen will be under center on Sunday. And here, Anthony, I'm glad you brought up, you know, Davis Webb. And the, first of all, I thought, you know, I don't know what Davis Webb will do for the Bills, but I think he's one of those practice squad candidates. I'd much rather see him on the practice squad because I think Davis Webb actually has some potential to contribute for the Bills, you know, way down the road as opposed to some of the retreats that Buffalo has usually had as their third quarterback option out there. Just thinking about Jeff Toole, for example, because we I got a reminder that the Jeff Toole game happened however many years ago against the Chiefs in that 108-yard pick six that completely dashed Buffalo's hopes of uh, winning that October game. But when it comes to the quarterback play out there and when it comes to you know, the injuries, if Josh Allen is fully healthy and if he is fully cleared from the concussion protocol, A, I think he will have learned a valuable lesson from what happened with the hit against the New England Patriots. And that lesson, and we hope Bill's fans are praying that he picks up this pointer please slide whenever you can avoid the contact and avoid those devastating hits. I listen, I've gone back and forth. I've watched the hit I don't know a couple of times slow motion a couple of times in real time. It, I don't think it's a dirty hit. I don't think it's an illegal hit. I don't think it's one of those because he hadn't given himself up. he was still an active runner in the pursuit of trying to get a couple extra yards for the play. but those yards are not worth it when it comes to the long-term health of your franchise quarterback. so Josh, please slide. Get down.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I do agree with your assessment. At the time when the hit took place, um, I was with a group of people watching the game, a good number of Bills fans, a decent number of Patriots fans there and having fun. And, you know, of course I embellished a little bit, but even even at that time, right, it didn't seem like it was something I wasn't screaming at the TV that anybody should be thrown out of the game or things like that. So, you know, you hate to see those helmet-to-helmet hits. I didn't land on the side of um, anything with uh, any sort of, you know, malicious intent uh, along those lines. So, you know, kind of with it all being said, I'm I'm with you. I I hope it's, you know, among the the number of lessons that we talk about for Josh Allen that he needs each and every week, right? Whether it's to slide, to throw the ball away, or you know just not to make those throws off his back foot, but but definitely from that standpoint, you can uh, add that to the list of three areas for improvement that you really want to see from the young quarterback.
1: Now switching gears, Anthony, uh, and we can obviously we're going to talk about the Bills and their chances in Nashville against the Titans, but there was a lot of social media buzz this week over Buffalo potentially being linked to a free agent or to a wide receiver rather who could help this team right here and right now. And it's Stefan Diggs, the talented but disgruntled wide receiver out of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Ian Rapoport had tweeted earlier this week that he's frustrated, particularly in the passing attack where Kirk Cousins was expected to light up the scoreboard. But the Vikings are a very run oriented offense right now, and they're not really airing it out as much as Diggs and Adam Thielen would prefer. What are your thoughts on there was even some rumors on social media that Diggs was in Western New York earlier this week, which of course prompted furious speculation that the Bills might be making a move. If you're Brandon Bean, would you do your due diligence on trading for Stephon Diggs? You know, if it was, well, let's put it
0: this way, right? John, if if Brandon Bean thought that Stephon Diggs should be a trade target for the Bills before the loss to the New England Patriots, then I'm fine with it. If it's some sort of a knee-jerk reaction to... Oh my gosh, Zay Jones struggled on Sunday. And if that we had a different wide receiver, those interceptions wouldn't have happened or this wouldn't have happened. Then I I look at it as it's much more reactionary to which I took a lot of the feedback from Bills fans, right? It was a little bit of a panic. It was, um, I talked about it on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Nick and Nolan talked about it on their podcast, but right, like it became almost, it seemed like a little bit of a diversion of people piling on Zay Jones where Josh Allen was maybe getting a little bit more of a pass than than he should have deserved with this. So, you know, I wouldn't want the GM to overreact and go and trade for someone just based on Sunday's result. If it's something that, hey this is someone we've got our eyes on. We knew that it would make sense, but it's not some sort of just an overreaction, you know, then I'd be cool with it. But I would think AJ Green could probably come at a better uh, price than, than Stefan Diggs. And I'd also like to give a shout out to the guys at Trainwreck Sports who had the hilarious video where they actually called Duffs on Sheridan to confirm that Stefan Diggs was not there at the time. And it's just a, a great piece. If you check it on their Twitter account, it's a, uh, fun 90-second clip that you can watch.
1: Yeah, it's amazing that there was, and we're not going to give a name to the internet person, but there was a a tweeter who said he had a receipt from the Duffs on Sheridan proving Stefan Diggs had been in Western New York. Well, clearly that rumor was debunked. Thank you, internet, for going out there and providing some hilarity and some brevity in these uh, tense moments because Bills fans are, I think, a little too quick to throw Zay Jones under the bus could he have done things differently there's a great analysis piece on buffalorumblings.com that i implore all of our fans to go out there and check out because it really does a great job i think of taking zay jones off hook just a little bit for what happened for his performance against the uh, patriots in week 4 and it's not his fault entirely that all of josh allen's throws especially the deep ball struggles this year i think i read somewhere that josh allen is 2 for 32 or something like that when it comes to his deep ball accuracy this year and that's a very troubling stat it's not all on Zayde's shoulders for those mistakes there. So we'll see what happens when it comes to the Bills and their wide receiver play. It would cost a lot to pry Diggs away from the Vikings, even though he is a miserable person, he says, right now, and he's not happy in their offense. It's still going to take a lot to get the talented wide receiver away from Minnesota. I would almost be more likely to see a Duke Williams get called off the practice squad, especially as Joe Biscaglia said earlier this week, Duke has been excelling and taking reps with the special teams. That makes more sense to me than breaking the bank to go get a Stefan Diggs. Although AJ Green, I'd be very curious to see what it would take to get him uh, into a Buffalo uniform as well.
0: Yeah, it, it is interesting. And in some ways, right, I think when you talk about what's happening in Minnesota, it's, you know, it's not really a Stefan Diggs problem, right? It's probably a bit more of a Kirk Cousins problem right now. So... So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think A.J. Green would be a, a bit more affordable. There's rumors about him out there right now. Who knows what's going to happen with the Bengals, right, should they lose again this weekend and, and drop to 0-5. So, you know, from that standpoint, I, I think it's something to keep an eye on, but I also don't think the Bills need to make that move. Um again, Zay Jones hasn't done himself any favors. His parents on social media have certainly not done him any favors. But if you focus at the playmakers, the Bills have, if Devin Singletary comes back, Frank Gore running well, great flashes from Dawson Knox and what we've seen from him. And you want to definitely see more. And of course, John Brown and Cole Beasley, very talented. So, you know, let's just not overreact and let's see how it plays itself out.
1: Anthony, sign me up for more Dawson Knox every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I love this kid. I love the potential that he shows. I've been a huge fan of his since the truck move against the Bengals back uh, in the home opener week three to get the win that set the Bills up for the game-winning touchdown, which leads us to our segue of the week five preview the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel are the opponent. This game is huge in the AFC standings right now. Buffalo 3 and 1, the Titans are 2 and 2. This game is bound to have tiebreaker head-to-head implications as the season progresses, especially because both of these teams seem to be relying on a really solid stout defense. The Titans have been outstanding defensively. You know, they have They've averaged 16 points a game that they've given up. Uh, No team has scored more than 19 points against them so far this year. They're outstanding up the middle and against the run as well. And really, I think a lot of it starts with Jarrell Casey, the mammoth human being who's a defensive tackle and a, a wall, basically, in the middle of the Titans defense. What do you think, Anthony, from a ground perspective, how can Buffalo try to move this massive man off the line and make some room for Frank Gore and Devin Singletary?
0: Yeah, and you know the interesting piece with it, it's you you look at Tennessee and the inconsistency they've had on the offensive side of the ball, and you just think to yourself, okay, what what really is this this team, and what do they look like? You know, as you mentioned, they've done a good job defensively, and I do think for the Bills, it's just going to be that balance, whether it's Josh Allen, whether, or Matt Barkley, uh, especially the two guys, and let's just call it underneath. So you know, Dawson Knox and Cole Beasley, you know, getting those guys into space, the ability to connect with them early, something the Bills were not able to do right, is just nothing seemed to be in sync on Sunday against the Patriots. I think that'll allow to free things up that, you know, it'll force Mike Vrabel and his defense to to account for that. And then that'll open up the lanes for the Bills inside, obviously with Frank Gore. But I think Devin Singletary gives them some more explosiveness to the outside. I would love to see what can happen there. But it's going to be those intermediate passes over the middle uh, early on, no matter who the quarterback is. Hitting Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox early on, I see that as being a key that will then open everything else up.
1: It seems like, Anthony, the games when Cole Beasley gets involved from the get-go on the little pick plays, on the little crossing routes, on the slants, that offense seems to feed off of him getting established and getting going with a rhythm. I think whoever it is under center can find Cole Beasley pretty easily. He and Josh Allen have a good rapport. Matt Barkley has known to look for Cole quite a bit during the time that they've been on the field in the preseason and limited action in week four against the Patriots. So I think there's definitely an opportunity for the Bills to attack the linebackers of the Titans by doing those quick passes, the flash passes to Cole Beasley over the middle. But again, I really want to emphasize Dawson Knox cannot wait until the third quarter to have his first target. If I'm Brian Dable, I'm trying to find a way to script a couple of looks to Dawson Knox on the first series because as the rookie third round pick goes, I think Buffalo's offense is going to go on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and whoever the quarterback is on Sunday, and I realize I keep saying that, but it really is going to be one of those situations where you you looked at the Bills' offense early in the second half last week, where they came out in a rhythm similar to what you saw them doing early on, and the you know the first three weeks of the season, and and obviously you want to see more of that. So you know you trust in Brian Dable and what he's looking to accomplish, and hope that it'll lead to again just some of those completions to to develop some of those call them like those smaller chunk plays and what that can develop to be because that that intermediary set that will open things up on the outside of course for somebody like John Brown which we'd love to see you know a little bit of suspect from the cornerback standpoint for the titans but especially to establish the run game which will be
1: important for the team Early on on Sunday, Frank Gore is a modern marvel. The fact that he has had so many surgeries, both knees have been worked on. This guy, the fact that he's still out there running and running well, is really a modern marvel. But to me, I think it's going to be able to get Devin Singletary involved as well. We talked about him a little bit earlier on uh, during the preview part of the podcast, but Anthony, if you're the Buffalo bills, do you even think about maybe doing some two back sets?
0: Yeah, I think it could be interesting. And uh, obviously I I would even throw TJ Yeldon into that mix as well, as I thought he was impressive catching the ball out of the backfield on, on Sunday. And it gives some of that versatility, um, you know, in a similar fashion, right. When we talk about if Josh Allen is healthy, getting him out on the field, you know, Devin Singletary, I'm almost okay. If, you know, if there's any question or anything lingering that comes with him, um, I would just wait. Right. And, and I would roll with, with Gore and with Yeldon on Sunday and let Singletary come back after the bye because I think it's going to be critical for him to be a part of the offense moving forward. If there's any doubt, um, you know to to wait an additional two weeks following the buy, right, then I would suggest that that be something that the bills do, but to have those two back sets, I think it would be great. I think it would give some versatility and and then really, when you look at it, right, there's no way that the Titans would know if they are going in a power set you know with a
1: Frank Gore or if you've got to account for T.J. Yeldon out of the backfield. Yeah, I agree. That deception for Brian Dable is going to really be key, and I feel like if he can do some some two-back sets, some two-back looks, it's going to help open things up for whoever ends up being under center at quarterback for the Bills. There is no doubt who Tennessee's quarterback is going to be in Week 5, although there were some fans from Tennessee that were calling for Ryan Tannehill to come in and replace an ineffective Marcus Mariota when they lost on Thursday Night Football to the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. But this is Mariota's team. It's Mariota's season. It's really been a make or break year for the Tennessee Signal caller. And one thing that Marcus has done very well is not turn the ball over. He does not have a single interception yet this year. He is the only quarterback in the league who has started the majority of his team's games that can say he has not thrown an interception. So to me, Anthony, the key for Mariota to getting to him, Buffalo needs to generate, again, more pressure But I feel like unlike last week when the Bills had to get it from their defensive linemen, this week the Bills can afford to send a linebacker or a corner or a safety on a blitz because the Bills don't have to worry about going up against Tom Brady, who can pick you apart every single time he sees a vulnerability.
0: Yeah, and Mariota's inconsistency, right, has has Titans fans like clamoring at certain times for Ryan Tannehill. So my only advice there is kind of be careful what you wish for, because I don't think that's exactly something that you want to have happen. But, you know, the jury is still out on Mariota a bit, I think for the Bills and Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott to be able to supply that pressure. I mean, Listen to have no interceptions through four weeks. That's that's an impressive stat in its own. You'd think the law of averages would come into play at some point. But another thing that the Bills' defensive line has been effective in doing is batting passes. And you know when that happens, it can lead to interceptions for those linebackers, for those in the defensive backfield. So I'd look to see more of that on Sunday. But uh, you know the Bills not having any sacks against Tom Brady last week, although providing constant pressure on him. I'd like to see them get to Mariota early and often and just kind of get him off his game uh, to set the tone for the
1: defense. And when, the, when Mariota has had time to throw the ball downfield, he's had two pretty good playmaking wide receivers in Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is really proving himself to be a solid force at the wide receiver position. He's somebody who is coming to his own. And Corey Davis, of course, is a former high pick as well for the Titans. They're both giving Mariota very solid playmakers to throw to. Derek Henry coming off a 100-yard performance, his first of the season. He had 100 yards on 27 carries in the somewhat surprising win over the Falcons last week, 24-10. to 10. Um, I think that the Bills will have no problem shutting down Derrick Henry, but I feel like when it comes to the wide receivers, and especially with what Mariota's trying to do with this offense, I would look to see Buffalo do more of a zone look when it came to their defense, much more so than the man-to-man look that they gave against the Patriots last week. I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Trey White and Levi Wallace to slow down and contain the talented and athletic tandem of wide receivers in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis.
0: Well, it's interesting. interesting. Interesting, John, because my concerns are kind of the exact opposite of yours, where I look at someone like Henry as a running back that once he gains momentum, is someone that can be tough to bring down, right? And if you let him get, you know, two or three yards before that first contact, those runs can turn into six and seven yard plays, which is the last thing that I would want to see on Sunday. Um, I think the key for the Bills is going to be establishing contact almost immediately with him, and then have that gang tackle mentality. um, Because once he he gets ahead of steam going. He's tough to bring down. The wide receivers I'm impressed with. I, I don't want to sell them short in any way, shape, or form. But two young wide receivers, right? We've seen some some good games from them, and then we've seen some games where there's been absolutely kind of nothing working. And in some ways, you know, is that blame on Mariota? Does it fall on the wide receivers, or or all you know all of the above? So obviously some talent. They looked good against the Falcons last week, uh, but let's see what they do against a much stronger. Buffalo Bills defensive backfield on Sunday.
1: Well, Anthony, of course, this brings us to the end of our podcast here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. And let's go ahead with our predictions bound to go wrong. I feel very confident that this game is going to be a one score game. It's going to be close down the road. Uh, the last three times these teams have met up, it's been a one point decision. Buffalo won uh, 13 to 12 last year when Stephen Hauschka made a 46 yarder as time expired, and they've also had a 14-13 win in 2015, one of Tyrod Taylor's very few fourth-quarter comeback wins uh, for the Buffalo Bills back in October of 2015. Before that, the Titans won 35-34 on a Matt Hasselbeck shootout over Ryan Fitzpatrick at New Eris Field in Western New York. I'm going to go ahead and say the Buffalo Bills will get back on track. They will earn a win. Let's go with 20-17 to as uh, the Buffalo Bills get back on track and get to 4-1 and on the year. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, maybe a little more optimistic than I should be with the uh, uncertainty at the quarterback position. Although I do have faith in Matt Barkley if he does end up as the starter. Um, I like the Bills to get back on track, 17-10 and a low scoring affair.
1: Well, Anthony, as always, a pleasure having you here on the podcast. Thanks for for chipping in. John, it's always great to be with you. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills and go Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Go find us on all of your podcasting platforms. Follow us on social media at Buff, B-U-F-F, Rumblings. Anthony is at Anth, A-N-T-H, Marino. And I am John Boccasino, B-O-C-C-A-C-I-N-O. For my esteemed colleague, Anthony Marino, this is John Boccasino signing off for Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. (music)